The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about drones, and we see them all over the place. We hear about what's going on, and there are so many issues with regard to privacy because drones can be big and they can be as small as a little insect. So there are a lot of huge issues about privacy. So let me introduce you to uh, our guest for today. I actually read an article by him in the Daily Journal, so I invited him to be on our show. He's coming to us from the beautiful San Francisco area this morning. So let me tell you about Scott Hall. Scott Hall's practice focuses on complex civil litigation, including consumer class actions, trademark, patent, and copyright infringement actions, and other commercial litigations at trial and the appellate level. And he's also conducted numerous internal investigations on behalf of audit and special committees in connection with inquiries and proceedings by law enforcement and regulatory agencies. Prior to joining the firm right, that he's with right now, Scott was a litigation associate at Sullivan and Cromwell LLP and Quinn Emanuel Urquhart in Sullivan LLP in Silicon Valley, and he also also served as a law clerk for the Honorable William W. Schwarzer of the United States District Court for the Northern District of California, sitting by designation on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First, Third, Sixth, and Ninth Circuits. So he has a lot of great experience, and we're just thrilled to have you join us today, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Scott, give the name of your firm. It's a long name, so I just want to make sure we mention it right now. Thank you. I'm from Coblenz, Patch, Duffy, and Bass. We're a San Francisco law firm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about drones, a very uh, interesting era, uh, you know, era with drones all over the place. So let's talk about what, what has given rise to the recent drone revolution and the frenzy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, obviously drones in various forms have been around for a long time. And I think most people probably heard of drones, you know, in the context of military drones. And that may be where some of the fear and distrust comes from. Uh, obviously the proper name is, is UAS, Unmanned Aircraft Systems. But that definition really encompasses, you know, everything you see from military drones to small model uh, aircrafts, remote-controlled aircrafts that hobbyists have been using for years. 
And, you know, I think drones has become such a hot issue lately because of the important intersection of technology and privacy that they present. We've gotten to this point where drones can be manufactured fairly cheaply uh, and have pretty incredible capabilities. You know, they're fairly easy to control and maneuver and can go farther and longer. Um, and they have cameras and video tools and surveillance technology that have made them attractive and accessible for the first time to not only government and commercial users, but also a wide range of hobby users. And so back when it was just a few people fly, flying model aircrafts around for fun, nobody cared too much. But when you start to look at, you know, millions of drones in the nation's skies with state-of-the-art surveillance technology and, you know, this lack of a clear comprehensive framework to regulate them, it's become, you know, a big deal. And so I think both the excitement about this new technology that has so many potential applications, as well as the safety and privacy concerns regarding the misuse of drones, you know, has led to this, you know, current frenzy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very exciting to, to you know, go online and I see the, I, I remember seeing just recently, you know, the 4th of July, that somebody had a drone up by, you know, Dana Point where they had all these fabulous fireworks and you could just see from, you know, somebody just had a drone up there, you know, by the fireworks yeah. and seeing everything right there. I mean, it was, it was amazing and it was gorgeous. And then, of course, you see the, the drones going over these mountains. So, I mean, there's such beauty that you can see by these drones. But then you think about, you know, I've had people on before to talk about drones can be so tiny and they can be right by my window and watching in my window. So, I mean, there are all these surveillance issues. You've Just like all this technology, we've got the beautiful benefits. And then, of course, the burdens and then the, the scary stuff as well. So, is the regulation of drones, um, including the privacy issues, is that really a federal or a state or a local issue? Who has jurisdiction over all this? Yeah, it's it's interesting because the the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, has historically asserted power over basically anything that flies in the nation's skies. That's a a pretty broad power. Now, that started with the advent of airplanes, and until recently, that was really the FAA's focus. And, you know, while it makes sense for the FAA to have control over interstate airplane travel, it's less intuitive why the federal government would regulate my operation of my own personal drone in my backyard that doesn't go higher than 100 feet or something like that. Uh, But what we've seen is this substantial increase in drones. You know, the last number I saw was, you know, a million drones had been sold in 2015. Two million drones were expected to sell in 2016. Uh, Half a million, uh, you know, hobby users have registered drones on the FAA's website. And, and a lot of these are flown by people who, you know, may just be interested in the in the fad, may not know a lot about commercial, you know, operation of aircraft, and, and they're flying them on, they're flying them unsafely and recklessly. And, you know, you've seen news articles about people putting firearms and, on drones and doing all these things. So, you know, the regulation is a real concern. The question is, does the federal government or the FAA have this complete authority, and do they have the resources to do it, and do they want to do it alone? The, the FAA's recent rules uh, on small commercial drones that went into effect in August uh, indicate that the FAA views itself as being in charge of all safety issues and wants control over this comprehensive set of rules on where, how, and when drones can be flown safely. 
but having said that, they also appear to recognize the existence of state and local drone laws um, that are appropriate in certain areas, and the ones they've highlighted are privacy laws, trespass laws, you know, which are elements that are notably absent from the FAA's recent rules. So, um, you know, over the summer, the Senate considered some federal legislation that would have given the federal government exclusive power over all drone laws from design to operation and preempting any state laws. That, that would have been problematic. Uh, you know, states, a lot of states have already passed, you know, drone laws in many respects. And, you know, some companies want this kind of comprehensive, uniform federal framework. Amazon, for instance, would, would love a national uh, system of laws that they can, you know, use to unroll their delivery strategy across all the states. But, you know, there was a lot of opposition to this because there's, you know, a need for state and local governments, uh, a view by many that these state and local governments need to respond to drone issues that they feel are affecting their residents. So where you draw the line right now is, is currently unclear, but there is this indication that the federal government would take charge of, you know, design and safety issues and, and leave privacy, property, trespass issues largely to the states. Yeah, that makes sense. I know I recently was, um, I'm a sheriff reserve here in Orange County, and so we had this special annual picnic with all these helicopters there. So I happened to have asked, thinking about this show, you know, coming up, I, I asked these helicopter pilots, I said, so is the Orange County Sheriff's Department using drones? And they said, no, not really. They're not, you know, they're using the helicopters and, um, you know, you can't pick up anybody out <laughs> For search and rescue with a drone, you know, you could go and see where something is, but they're not using them. And there's all these rules and regulations that they really haven't been able to put into effect how to use the drones. And, um, and of course, you've got to stay a certain uh, amount of miles away from the Orange County Airport and LAX right. and, and other airports. So, um, so I thought that was interesting. At least what he said was they really weren't using drones. They're still using their helicopters for um, the whatever kinds of uh, viewing that they need to see or using them instead of, you know, the airplanes for one picking up people and going into the wilderness and search and rescue uh, things. So so I thought that was interesting because I, yeah. you know, I was thinking about that and, and all the regulations, and they said, we really don't know, you know, what all the regulations are. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. You know, a lot of the, the confusion and I think fear and distrust over drone use comes from this kind of a lack of a, an understanding of what's legal, what's not legal. So what's happening? You know, is there currently, like, uh, some legal frameworks for regulating drone? What's going on in the in the California legislature and whatever, you know, and, and who, who's taking care of all this? Sure. So, you know, um, it's interesting because the it seems like the increase in popularity of drones came on so fast that regulators at both the federal and the state levels have kind of been playing catch-up to the technology. Um, you know, the, the FAA issued these rules on small commercial drones, which became effective in late August, and that's, those had been under consideration for well over a year, um, you know, during which time there's drastic advances in drone technology and a huge rise in the number of drones being manufactured and sold. 
and the lawmakers and regulators, you know, especially at the federal level and also at the state level, are really having a hard time getting out ahead of drones. You know, and even these rules that, that recently came out don't don't contemplate, you know, regular commercial use for things like package delivery or or, or going beyond what you know what the current limited uses are because they don't allow for. Uh, flying drones outside the line of sight of the person who's operating the drone, or nighttime uh, delivery by drones, things like that. So there's a lot of a lot of uses for drones that companies want to do that aren't even a possibility right now under the current framework. Um, so ha- having said that, when you move into the, you know the issue of of privacy laws and regulations, that's one area where the FAA has basically decided to leave it to the states. So, you know, the FAA's small, recent small commercial rules did not address privacy aspects, and that caused somewhat of an uproar among groups who had hoped to see greater privacy regula- regulation in those rules. And, in fact, there was a, there's a current lawsuit filed uh, against the FAA by the Electronic Privacy Information Center for failing to address privacy issues in these most recent rules. And so with, with la- the lack of those rules on a federal level, we're essentially left to what, whatever privacy protection each state or local government, you know, has. And, and that's, that varies among states, and it's, it's not a lot at this point. States are taking, a different, are di- taking different approaches to dealing with these concerns. Some of the states have passed laws, um, you know, focused on privacy, so limiting where drones can go or t- what pictures they can take, what data they can collect. Other states have passed laws regulating law enforcement. Others, interestingly, have regulated hunting use of drones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing that California has done is, uh, you know, California last year passed uh, Assembly Bill 856, which, you know, basically made uh, trespass, you know, entering into the airspace of someone's property by drone, you know, a, a trespass under the civil code, but only if it was for the purpose to take pictures or uh, get some other kind of data that that was private. And so, you know, the, if you ha- if a drone flies over your property, a lot of times you don't know whether it's just someone flying a drone for fun or whether that drone is capturing images or data. Uh, you just don't know. And so if you're a celebrity, you can sue a drone that flies over your house under that law. But if you're just, you know, a normal person out and a drone flies over your yard, you don't know whether they got anything or whether you have a basis to sue under the law. Mm. Um, interestingly, and how do you point, find And how do you find the owner, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, exactly. It's hard. I mean, the, the FAA wants, you know, all these registered with numbers, but it's hard to tell when you're on the ground and it's flying above you, you know, where it's coming from. Um, and, and just one last point, you know, in terms of broader laws, you know, California had considered another law that would have restricted any drone flights over private property below 400 feet. Um, and that was vetoed, uh, you know, by Governor Brown. He saw that as too restrictive. Huh. Um, and so some states are doing that, some states are not. But, you know, it, it goes to this issue of how do you protect privacy while not stifling the innovation of these drones. Yeah, I don't understand why he would um, would veto that. You know, I mean, that would give some level of privacy if they can't go below 400 feet. So how low can they go? Well, right now, <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that, that's one of the questions in terms of, you know, what kind of property rights, um, you know, people have. Um, you know, one, it's the, it used to be the case that property owners enjoyed rights in the airspace above their property up to the periphery of the universe is what the case has said, mm-hmm. and that changed with the advent of airplanes. Um, and, 
you know, even after that, though, property owners still have a legal right to use the property up to whatever level they could reasonably use. Now, it's, it's unclear what that level is. If you have a structure on your property that goes up 50 feet, then presumably you have at least 50 feet. But, you know, many people would argue you need more than that to reasonably enjoy your property. So uh, it, it's not clear right now. And whether you have the rights to exclude drones up to the rooftop of your house or 20 feet above that or, you know, anytime is unclear. And I think it's something that the courts are going to have to deal with and address. I'm just thinking like, okay, so let's say a drone comes in and wants to like look in my window. Maybe it's not going to take a picture. Maybe it's just a peeping Tom, right? So, mm-hmm. so then how does that work with the law that if, they are, if they're not taking any pictures, but they're just looking, they, that wouldn't be a violation of that statute or what? So, so right now, yeah, if, if, if they, right now, as, it, as it's worded, the statute says if you enter into the airspace above private property for the purpose of capturing, you know, these images or other data um, of private conduct, then, then you're trespassing. And that, so it's clear that drones apply to that law. Now, other laws, you can sue, you can bring a lawsuit uh, for any kind of uh, harm under traditional legal theories that is committed by a drone. Invasion how, of privacy type of right, thing, yeah. Okay. Right, but how the courts will, how the courts will view that in, in, in terms of drones has not been litigated, and so it'll be interesting to see how those work out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So how about California? So we've got um, AB 856, right? Um, And what what else? Is there any... So anything other... The other privacy laws which would apply would be invasion of privacy or anything else. What about... uh, What are the um, damages or what are the um, repercussions or ramifications if you do take pictures? You can have a civil suit. Is there criminal... Uh, law also with regard to that? Um, right now, you know, I've, again, there's no drone-specific laws, you know, on the books, and so, you know, presumably all the applicable criminal, you know, cause of action would, would apply harassment or, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously if you run a drone into someone, you know, battery or something like right, that. But, right. uh, again, it, it, you know, it just, we don't have a lot of drone-specific laws here in California. And so, for example, Kansas recently uh, passed a law that basically specifically made it made it illegal to harass or stalk someone with a drone. So you know that's one step in you know further than a lot of other states have gone. But again, that that still remains to be seen how it's going to be enforced. And so I think it's always centered around this concept of reasonable expectation of privacy. Right. And one question is, will drones change what people view as a reasonable expectation of privacy? You know, is it? You know, when you go out in your backyard, you know, you used to feel pretty sure that you were going to be secluded if you had, you know, a fence and, and trees around there. But mm-hmm. if you walk out in your front yard now, you could be caught by the Google Street View cameras and, right. you know, drones flying overhead. Maybe that's, you know, changing the reasonable expectation. So it's an interesting question. Yeah. So um, what can be done? So here we are, <laughs> normal citizens. What can be done to safeguard our personal privacy with all this increase in the commercial and recreational uses of drones? I mean, they're all over the place, right? Right, right. And, and the interesting thing is that they can present so many different types of privacy invasions depending upon the equipment, the equipment that they have on them. So, you know, you can have a drone and it can have infrared, technology it can have thermal 
sensors. It can have GPS technology. It can have oh. license plate readers. It can have facial recognition software. Oh, so gosh. when you think about <laughs> drones, drones could be, you know, that, that real eye in the sky, and, and especially if they're, you know, working with other drones as a network to kind of pre- present even more of a complete picture, you know, you definitely have these concerns. So people start, you know, wondering, well, what can I do? You know, um, can I shoot down a drone over my property? And you know, we've all seen that. We've all seen that news article. And you know, there was a case in Kentucky with with a guy that did that, shot it down, and you know, he was initially charged, but ultimately the court said, you know, dropped the charges, said he was within his rights to do that to protect um, his property. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't necessarily mean we should go shooting drones, you know, that fly over. But um, you know, the the next questions from that are, you know, well, can you capture them with a net? You know, as long as you don't harm them, can you? Can you use blocking technology to geofence them from entering your property? So these are all interesting questions. Um, so, you know, right now it's just the drone operators are lawfully allowed to fly wherever they aren't breaking an actual law. And so, you know, until we get these laws on the books, there, there's just not a lot of guidance. And so you're going to have these conflicts between people because the operators don't think they're doing anything wrong, but the property owners think they're being violated, and that's, you know, what's caused mm-hmm. a lot of these problems. Yeah, you could be stalked by those, you know. I mean, when you say that, you know, these, these drones have such high technology uh, capabilities that they could maybe even be 400 feet above and then look right into your house. You know, I was telling, I, right. do, some, I do some consulting. Uh, I'm a privacy advisor for 3M, and I told them, you know, they said, well, what kinds of products should we develop for privacy? I said, I think you need to develop privacy, um, you know, screens for our windows in our house because of all these drones, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And they're, going, they're looking at me like, what? You know, and I really do. I think you're going to have to have those kind of privacy screens so that you have no idea whether somebody can look in. We should be able to look out, but not anybody else be able to look in when we have so many drones available. It's... Um, it really is a, a surveillance society. What about government looking in on us? What do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's a really, a really interesting issue, and a lot of states um, are considering kind of how to regulate government use of drones, you know, in particular how police use drones. Um, you know, this, is, this definitely raises constitutional issues, Fourth Amendment issues, and so some states have enacted laws that prohibit law enforcement from using drones to gather any information without a search warrant. And so, you know, I think Nevada has that, Virginia has that, um, you know, California doesn't have a law on the books yet. Um, but, you know, other government agencies, you know, have, have said they're, they're, they don't have plans to use drones, I think, because of this, you know, concern about the, the misuse of them. But, you know, I think those agencies will eventually use them once the boundaries of the permissible use are more clearly defined. If, if you go back pre-drones, you know, the Supreme Court has said that aerial surveillance by police is legal. That, that came out of a couple of 1980s cases involving air, airplanes flying over marijuana fields. And, you know, the, the holding was that, you know, well, if you can see it from, from way up there, it's okay. It's not a, it's not a violation of privacy. It's but like drone view or something. It's right. <laughs> it's so high up. I mean, I don't think they could have conceived what we have with drones now, which, you know, add this unforeseen level of capability and cost efficiency and surveillance. And so there's, you know, definitely a lot of constitutional issues here. Um, you know, but in, and then beyond police, you know, uh, you see the potential applications of drones for firefighters and emergency response agencies, and I think a lot of those agencies, you know, will consider using drones. I mean, if you think about the potential for, 
you know, drones to be used in emergency disasters, you know, flying, you know, light supplies and medical equipment into flooded areas, for example, mm-hmm. where you just mm-hmm. can't get on foot. I mean, there's a great potential there. I know that, like, Amazon wants to be able to deliver products <laughs> by right. drones. You know, that's something that would make them, give them a great capability, right, to deliver yeah. a drone, you know, by drone. And then you think about the drones that have uh, killed people in Iraq and, and overseas, and, um, you know, then you think, oh, my God, what, if, what about these uh, terrorists who could use drones to really do some terrible damage, and they don't even have to be suicide bombers, right? Right. It's, it's certainly a concern, you know, with, you know, there's these, uh, this idea that the terrorists, yeah, could certainly load up any kind of, a, you know, explosive or weapon on a drone and just send it into, you know, a crowd of people. And, um, you know, the, the, the applications for drone use, both positive and negative, are, are immense. Immense. So, so uh, tell us a little bit about these FAA, FAA new rules that came into effect in August, and um, you know h- how will that really affect the you know small commercial drones? You know, I mean, what's going to happen? How's it going to affect the industry? So these rules, you know, have been a long time coming. They were under consideration for for over a year, and. Um, you know, a lot of commercial use of drones was basically on hold until they came out because unless you had a specific exemption or authorization from the FAA to do your work uh, and a pilot and all these things, you, you couldn't use drones for commercial purposes. But these rules basically open the doors to any business, essentially, to use drones uh, for, their, for their business, for their commercial purposes, as long as they agree to abide by certain rules. Uh, you still need uh, someone who's passed a remote uh, pilot you know, license, but it's not as rigorous as it used to be. And, you know, the applications across all industries are, you know, are endless for, as you said, you know, package delivery, but, you know, infrastructure monitoring, advertising, real estate, filmmaking, agriculture, wildlife monitoring, you know, scientific mm-hmm. research. There's so many potential applications. And so, um, you know, I think... These are gonna these are gonna help a lot of businesses find you know ways that they can more effectively use drones and, and open up a lot of uh, opportunities for those and I think a lot of businesses are taking a hard look right now at you know how they can you know capitalize on this. Wow! And so, what do you think it's going to do to our legal profession? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I, th- I think it's going to be a. It's going to open a huge new aspect uh, of that. Yeah, until now, most legal work has has been regulatory work. You know, advising clients about, you know, how, how to get authorizations or exemptions from the FAA, uh, things like that. It's it, there's ver- been very little litigation over actual drone usage, other than the couple of headline grabbing cases that you see. And so, I, I think what we're going to see is, you know, the. The increase in drones is going to cause, you know, a, a lot of legal work from insurance, you know, how to effectively insure drone use oh. in businesses, the damage that they can cause right. to advising clients on how they can be legally and effectively used, and also to tort law, you know, because undoubtedly <laughs> these things are going to damage property, injure people, invade privacy, do these things, and, and so that's, you know, going to be the next step. Wow. So what do you see in the next maybe five to ten years in terms of what kind of laws we're going to have for drones? You got any ideas? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think over the next five or ten years we're going to see a lot of relaxing and modification of the current restrictions just because, you know, c- companies like Amazon want to move past what the current laws allow 
in terms of um, package delivery, uh, you know, and so I, I think that there's there's going to have to be more comprehensive set of, of regulations, but but that allows for this innovation uh, of drones and extended applications beyond even beyond things that we currently see out there. And you know, I, I think we're going to see increased drones in every industry, and you know, the lawmakers are going to have to try to keep up as much as they can and, and facilitate this so that, you know, we don't stifle the innovation because there is this, as many as many concerns as we have about the privacy, there, there is such an upside to this drone technology. Um, if we can regulate it properly, there's so many benefits that we can come from it. Uh, but, you know, some people have estimated that within 10 years, you know, every person is going to own their own drone for, you know, personal use around their house. Mm. Things like roof inspections, you know, boundary security, other things like that. Um, which, you know, may seem weird to us now, but, you know, there's also some people who said they were never going to use the, the Internet or email or something when it first came out. I mean, I didn't even have a computer until my junior year of high school, and now I can't go two minutes without using the Internet. So, you know, is, I think that's really where we're going with drones, just because of the uh, immense potential that they have. Exactly. Wow. Well, we're going to have to have you back again when some more of these laws are passed to talk about this <laughs> and and just to keep up with those laws as we, you know, get these drones. I know my husband would love to get a drone, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they look like a lot of fun. But anyway, well, we are just out of time, so we will definitely have you back again, Scott. Just give your website, and it's time to go, okay? Thank you. It's coblentslaw.com, C-O-B-L-E-N-T-Z law. Thank you. All right. Well, we will keep in touch and definitely come back on and keep us informed. All right? Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye, Scott. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.